It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white knuckle racing. Just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing and... Yes, it is that time of the year again where I have to do a couple of shows because I overdid my voice at the Race Saver Nationals. Dirk, how you doing, man? <laughs> I didn't think I was doing great, but I'm doing a hell of a lot better than you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, a voice held out all weekend long and then that finally feature, man, I tell you, I got excited. I got excited. Um. Uh, great racing at, uh, at the Race Saver Nationals. Uh, today's show, one turn, uh, I'm going to save my voice. We, we had Bob Simon scheduled for tonight. He wants to preview the Cyclone, Cyclone Classic coming up at Shelby County Speedway this coming weekend, the 8th and the 9th. It's going to feature 410s and 305s. Uh, and I, I messaged him on Monday and I said, hey, there's any way we could delay it a couple of days. My voice just needs to chill and uh, I need, uh, I need some R and R at home. I, I'm, we've been gone since basically Thursday and very little sleep. So uh, he was nice enough to oblige. And so we're going to have him on the show on Wednesday today. We're going to talk a little bit about the race saver nationals, some of the thoughts and sights and sounds and smells and the good, the bad, the ugly, all that kind of fun stuff. And then we'll talk about Darlington and how the playoff picture uh, has developed after race number one of the uh, NASCAR playoffs. So, Dirk, um, yeah, the, the Race Saver Nationals, I don't know how much you got to experience it but uh, or see it with uh, videos on social media, but uh, I think it was uh, a tremendously successful weekend, a little hot for my preference, but, you know, you deal with it and you move forward. Yeah, well, I uh... – I got to see results, and anytime I saw somebody live feeding it, I just went ahead back to doing something else. So I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I don't support that. So, um, and there's going to be a ton of that this week with the Boone Super Nationals going on. Well, actually, maybe not because Boone is lucky enough to be in a bit of a cell phone black hole. Uh, I see people all the time say we're going to try to give updates as best we can, but. There's just zero cell service down there. And I kind of wonder if maybe in today's age of oversharing, over um, overstimulation on social media and, uh, and Facebook lives of fans uh, pirating the, the broadcast, I wonder if that's maybe not by design. Yeah, I, I don't know, uh, but I've already seen a few people. Um, what they have some race called the prelude or something last night. Yep. Yeah, they I saw some stuff on that. So, you know, or stuff was coming up live. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care where it's at. If it's Facebook Live and it's a racetrack, I'm supporting the track owner and not watching it. So, no. it's, uh, that's great. Well, the, the Race Saver Nationals went off uh, very, very well. I don't have an official flip count. I'm going to go back and watch all of the racing action and kind of recap a lot of the things. So, uh, give me time on that. But I would, uh, Shot, I would take a shot at probably somewhere around seven. There really wasn't a lot of really bad accidents and a lot of really bad flips. I think the track uh, was fantastic. Um, 
Of course, we did, we did competition Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday's track was great. Uh, Roger had planned on reworking it um, and uh, and decided to hold off a few more races. We completed the uh, uh, the night or the uh, the heat racing, and then he did uh, an intermission and a rework. And the track had plenty of moisture in it. Uh, it was a little bit cooler that night, and uh, the track held up really well. The next night, she took River pretty quick, made for a little bit of a treacherous racetrack, very, very slick racetrack on, on Saturday. And uh, guys, later in the heat races, um, it was tough to pass, but it was doable. And then Sunday with the creature features and, uh, and, and the heat and then the A feature and the stock cars and all that stuff, I think the track held up really well and had a lot of character to it. Ethel really wasn't too much of an issue. Um, I really don't know what people are talking about when they say that she is terrible because she is as docile as I've seen her in my time at Eagle. And, uh, and, and by the way, those of you who don't know, Ethel is the, the, the hole in turn one I've nicknamed her Ethel. Cause I knew an Ethel when I was a kid and she was, she was tough. She was a tough old broad. And uh, so one night when, when Ethel came up and bit Shaylee bade, uh, years ago, I went into the pits and I said, uh, we're, we're going to start calling her Ethel. We're not going to acknowledge the hole in one. We're just going to say Ethel. So that's been her and I's joke for quite a while. But anyways, um, great racing. Uh, a feature was fantastic. Going into the weekend, I really felt like the 12 team of Tyler Drukey was the car to beat with the way that he was, um, the way he's developed speed over the last couple of weeks. He would go out and win basically everywhere and, uh, and put on some tremendous shows. Uh, he won the, uh, <clears throat> sorry, the track championship at Eagle. He, he's on his way to winning the uh, national title. He's pretty dang close to winning the national title for uh, race savers. And I, I really felt like they were hitting on all cylinders. They had a great Friday night qualified fourth or finished fourth in the feature. So inside row number two for, uh, for their starting position on Sunday night. And, um, but I, I felt like the other car that could really give him a run for his money was Jeremy Hewish. Jeremy seemed to be able to hold his own and, and really have some tremendous speed, no matter, uh, what the track conditions were and, and what race he was in. Um, and then the A feature rolled out. And uh, by the way, I'm going to tell you guys to fast forward, because if you haven't watched the race, you can go to eagleraceway.tv and recap or watch all the racing action again. And I, I, I suggest you do. It's well worth the, the pennies. Um, but as the A feature rolled out, Hewish took the early lead. Uh, we went green for, I think, five to seven laps. And uh, uh, Drukey was able to make his way up into second. When the uh, caution came out, they lined up and uh, Drukey took advantage right away, took the lead and uh, started walking away with it. And, but then we had a backmarker accident. And I, I don't mean to I don't I don't mean to say backmarker is in like bad cars. I mean, this is. This is the A feature for the for the Race Saver Nationals. These are just cars that were running around in the back of the 27 car field. And uh, there was a, uh, about a three car accident and it happened in four as Drukey was going into three. They, uh, as he went in there, he wasn't able to get stopped and he slammed into Gene Acklin's car. Didn't do a lot of damage to Tyler's car, but according to track rules, because Tyler was involved in the accident, before the red flag was officially called, he unfortunately had to go to the rear. So Tyler elected to go to the work area, get his car checked over, got back out. Jeremy Hewish inherited the lead, never gave it up. 
Uh, Tyler absolutely tore through the field with 16 to go and got up to, uh, I think he finished sixth. And uh, it was just, a, I hated to see that for Tyler because, uh, you know, I wanted to be right. I felt like he was the car to beat all weekend, and I still feel like he was. He was just involved in some un- in an unlucky accident. Well, he should have got the hard charger award. I think he tied for it. Well, no, because he officially started fourth and finished sixth. Oh, so they didn't just count the cars he passed, huh? I do not believe so, no. Uh, okay. Hard charger awards are done different some places, so. Yeah. Some are from where you start to where you finish, and you might not pass a car, and six guys might drop out of the race, you know, so you improve six spots. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and here's a guy that goes to the back, and let's just say there were a few cars out, so he, you know, last 16 laps or whatever, he passed 15 cars, and he'd, he'd pass technically three cars to get to the lead, so. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Tyler Harris uh, ended up passing 11 cars. He started 14th, finished third. Trevor Grossenbacher passed 10 cars, started 19th, finished ninth. And Cole Vanderheiden, really impressed with his run, uh, started 23rd, finished 13th. I believe he was. So it should have been Tyler Harris was the hard charger. I don't see anybody else that uh, it could have well, been. Yeah. The one thing I did notice with uh, this weekend is Eagle was well represented. A mm-hmm. lot of local cars mm-hmm. made that 27 car field. Yeah. And there was uh talk about the car count just a little bit. There was, I believe somewhere around 112 pre-registered cars. And we ended up having 87 by the end of the, uh, by, by Friday night, 87 cars went through uh, racing action. We didn't lose anybody in hot laps at the beginning of the night um, or anything like that. So, um, little bit of a lower car count, but this is kind of typical of what I've experienced with the Race Saver Nationals. Uh, it, it it doesn't cost a lot to pre-register, and you might as well pre-register and plan on being there. Uh, and then if, if you're not able to make it, most of the years, you're out nothing. It doesn't cost anything to pre-register. I think this was the first year they actually charged 20 bucks to pre-register, so you're out 20 bucks if... You know, you live down in Texas, you had a crappy season, you had a bad couple of weeks, your funds are low, you're out 20 bucks. You're not out, um, you know, 50 or 75 bucks, which 20 bucks, really not that big of a deal, I guess, in my opinion, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and they, uh, I mean, I can imagine a few guys just looked at the the hot weather that was going to be and figured the track wouldn't be you know, super racy or something that they were good with, you know, if, they, if they're not good on dry slick or whatever, that probably kept a few people away. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you get to the end of the year and depending on when these people were pre-registering and your stuff's used up and, you know, just like you said, your funds are used up because you used up your stuff and then used up stuff you hadn't paid paid for yet. So, you, you know. Yeah don't need to go doing a bunch of traveling to go in a bigger hole. Yeah, exactly. But 87 cars, I think that's a great field of uh, race saver sprint cars. Uh, It put on some great action and, uh, and we, we just, uh, I was, I'm really happy with the way the weekend went. I think, uh, like I said, we didn't have a lot of torn up cars. We only had a couple of guys that they got a little upset. We had a couple of fights over in turn. I think we had one fight in turn four and it was a misunderstanding fight. Um, guy, guy got wrecked. 
uh, got out of his car and, and tackled and started punching the driver that that he was in the wreck with. But it it took the uh, the track crew a little bit to to explain to him the guy you're punching isn't the guy that wrecked you. Get off him. <laughs> so uh, so that that fight was for nothing. But um, yeah, like I said, I, th- I think everything went off great. I, I'm really happy with. Uh, I'm really uh, just kind of very. Uh, uh, impressed with just again watching Roger Racine, Page, and the hundreds of of Eagle Raceway employees bust their butt over the couple of days to put this show on, and um, the fans enjoyed it, the drivers enjoyed it, uh, and it ended up being a great weekend. Um, well, what happened to Gunner Pike? He posted a picture oh. today of his car in two pieces. Uh, get get the parts correct for me, because you know, as as always happens with me. People tell me what broke, and then between me hearing it and repeating it to you, it goes through a game of telephone. Um, I believe the front axle on the car just snapped. When it snapped, it broke, it cut the brake line. And when he went into one, he knew he was in trouble, hit the wall, couldn't get slowed down from the, with the brakes because he had no brakes. And then he ended up uh, flipping up on the, you know, that grassy area into turn number two uh, between the Armco barrier and the catch fence. Uh, the catch fence stopped him from going farther into the crowd. I didn't see the actual accident. He was a little bit farther back from what I was calling on the race. Uh, and I just heard somebody come over the radio and say, uh, wreck in turn two, red, 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 red. And I looked over in turn two. I didn't see anything. So I'm kind of scanning around, looking at the racetrack, looking low in the infield, looking all over. I can't, I can't see anything. And finally I see it right there at the race at the beginning of the race saver nationals banner in, uh, in the middle of turn two. And he's completely flipped, flipped up on his wing and he took some hard hits. Well, yeah, they said he was a little sore, but he was okay. But I mean, the picture they posted, they've stripped the car down already and, Mm -hmm like about in the middle of where the motor would be, the car was, it looked like it had been cut in half, like with Jaws of Life or something. Uh, He was able to climb out of the car fine. Well, they must have just done that. Yeah. Then they must have just cut it. I was talking, I didn't go and see, by the time I got over to their their trailer, they'd gotten the car loaded up. Uh, By the way, they had to go buy a new front uh, axle in order to get the car in the trailer. But uh, the person I was talking to uh, was saying that uh, the the whole frame was just completely bent sideways. Um, that it was it was junked. That that car is never going to be raceable again. Well, that's what I'd read on Facebook uh, last night, and uh, but then when I saw the picture of the car in two pieces, I was like, you know, yeah. And somebody asked if the car, you know got broken half and nobody answered them so and like i said it didn't you know, like the uprights yeah. you know that go up to the front of the roll cage they were perfectly straight they just been cut you know mm-hmm. yeah i, I think didn't. they you know they may have cut those in order to get the car in the in the trailer i don't know but uh i can tell you that that the track crew did not cut the car that, that's what I, I when we they got it cleared up they they lifted the car up completely and then hauled it uh to the pits so the car was in one piece when it went off the tracks. So yep. yep. Okay. Yeah. And I understand that he had a car on order already and that it was set to be here this week. And he does plan on racing Shelby County Speedway. Um, 
being a, a, a friend of his and a sponsor of his, I encouraged him to take the weekend off, but you know how these drivers go. I told him that he could do whatever he wanted to. I was, I was obviously I'm going to completely support him, but I thought maybe it was a good idea after that wreck just to take the weekend off and make sure his head was right. But <laughs> he's, he's going to do what he does. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the kind of thing that, you know, uh, maybe a couple of guys had something similar happen last week and that's why they weren't at the nap. So, right. You know, mm-hmm. yep. All right. So Jeremy Hewish ends up getting the win. Stu Snyder, highest finishing local driver finishes in second. Then it was Tyler Harris, Jason Danley, Mike Boston, a great run for the boss. Mike Boston, just tremendous. Uh, he has struggled the last couple of weeks at Eagle with mechanical issues and uh, it was good to see him not have any mechanical issues and put together a solid run. Uh, he started he 11th. Was the, he was in the second group of nine, right? Yeah, okay. Yep, he yeah, started 11th and finished fifth. Yep. Friday. Right. Yeah. Uh, Drukey, sixth. Jay Russell, seventh. Zach Blurton, eighth. Trevor Grossenbacher, ninth. And Shaylee Bade with the top 10. Other locals that finished uh, throughout the field. Joey Danley, uh, 12th. We mentioned Cole Vanderheiden 13th, Clint Benson 15th, um, Adam Golian 23rd, Gene Acklin 24th, Jake Galusha 25th. So like you'd kind of mentioned, I think uh, the Race Saver Nationals was well represented by NAS- by uh, Nebraska and a little bit of Iowa, you know, your local to regional guys. Uh, and I think the A feature was well represented by Nebraska natives. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of Eagle regulars listed in there. So that was my point. So 12 of the 27 A-feature starters were uh, were Nebraska drivers. 12 out of 27, that's 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 good representation. We've been kind of getting our butts kicked lately by uh, by the, the Texas guys. So it was good to see a, a nice representation of uh, Nebraska drivers and they're starting to pick it up. I, I was another person I was really impressed with, with was Jason Danley. Jason uh, is a former track champion at Eagle and uh, loves the bottom, but he was able to move his car around this weekend and get more speed out of it. Uh, and I was, I was kind of impressed with what I saw out of uh, Jason Danley in that uh, 4X. So that's all I got for the Race Saver Nationals. You got anything? Any questions? Obviously, I wasn't there, so I don't have any. For the race saver nationals, no questions. But, um, no, no. Okay. Like, the only question I had was how Gunner's car got in two pieces. That yep. sounds like that was self inflicted. On the news and notes, it finally happened. Denny Hamlin finally signed a contract today. Oh, he did. I missed it. Yeah. Um, multi year. <laughs> I mean, normally in NASCAR terms, that means three years, but. In the article, Joe Gibbs quoted, you know, he was happy to keep Denny on board. Denny's had his whole, you know, 50-win career and everything with Joe Gibbs, da, 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 over 600 stars. And he looks forward to having him around for a long time. Or he said, No, he didn't say long time. He said many years to come. Yeah. So I don't know if three quite qualifies as many. So maybe, you know, maybe he signed him to a five-year deal or something, but I, I don't believe that would be the case. I'm thinking it's probably a three-year deal. Yeah, and it might be three-year, and then, they, you know, he's just – he's kind of talking more in long-term. Like, they they were able to get a three-year deal done, but they don't expect him to go anywhere at the end of that three years and probably re-sign him. Um, 
So yeah, good deal for him. Uh, I did see over the weekend that Denny uh, admitted that if he didn't get signed with Joe Gibbs racing, he was probably going to hire himself at uh, 2311. Oh yeah. That, I mean, that'd be a no brainer. <laughs> I just kind of got a kick out of the way it all went down and the, and the way that it was reported. It wasn't like, yeah, I'll join 2311. He's like, I'll probably hire myself. Yeah. Whatever that interview process is like, if corporate's like, um, we're going to need you to fill out a resume and we're going to need five uh, references before we can process your application. <laughs> and obviously he's not going to list Kyle Larson. <laughs> uh, what are, what are some of your weaknesses? Um, Twitter uh, or X, I guess X now. Um, I'm, I'm, I kind of say things on X. I have a podcast. I tend to say things I shouldn't, which gets me in trouble from time to time. I tend to wall people when I want to pass them. <laughs> Even if I don't need to, I just go ahead and wall them. I've got certain spots like turn to at Poconos, kind of a favorite. Um, Moving on. I, 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 I saw a rumor over the weekend that, um, that uh, Ty Dillon or Daniel Hemrick uh, we're potentially going to be replacing AJ Allmendinger at Colleague Racing, but uh, as of uh, Sunday, uh, excuse me, Saturday, uh, looks like uh, AJ had said on SiriusXM that uh, he expects the team to be that the team is currently trying to strengthen their organization, and he expects to be with the team next year. Yeah, I uh, I was under the impression it was Dustin Haley or Justin Haley that was on the. Uh, on the block over there. Ah. I thought AJ was good, but you know, anything could happen. Yeah. And the way colleague spends money, maybe they were going to throw a third car together for somebody, but uh, yeah, no, I thought AJ was solid. I thought it was Justin Haley that had issues. Yeah. That's all I really got for news. You got anything? Uh, no, just uh, the big thing that I saw was the, uh, the Hamlin deal. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and we predicted it had to get done sooner. It probably wasn't going to happen. And maybe that's why it happened today. Cause maybe that's what happened during the race last night before Danny got thinking about his contract and all of a sudden his wheel was vibrating. Well, speaking of the race, uh, I, we announced during the, uh, the intermission that Kyle Larson had won the Southern 500 and crowd went pretty crazy. Uh, that, that guy's kind of liked. Oh, and Eagle, he certainly is. Yeah, Tyler Reddick ended up bringing home second. Chris Buescher, William Byron, Ross Chastain, top five. Then it was Kozlowski, Wallace, Elliott, Blaney. And Eric Jones was the best finisher of the non-playoff drivers, uh, rounding out the top 10. Bush and Logano, 11th and 12th, respectively. Then in Stenhouse, 16th. Truex Jr., 18th. Harvick, 19th. Bell, 23rd. Hamlin, 25th. And Michael McDowell. Worst of the playoff finishers at 32nd. Let's talk about some of those playoff drivers. Uh, what happened with uh, Denny Hamlin? Um, he was the monster in the race, you know. Uh, um, won, the, won both stages. Uh, was leading uh, just a few laps after a pit stop. And all of a sudden, he was on the bottom of the track and heading for the pits. Hey, Hamlin's got a loose wheel. He's coming down pit road. You know, he's going to lose a lap. This is going to, you know, really be bad. And uh, then they kept, you know, they had somebody down there on pit road, you know, with his crew and whatnot. And they said, all the wheels look fine. And 
And uh, it's like yeah, all the all the keyboard warriors today all over Facebook, you know, stupid Hamlin, you know, why, if he's afraid to race, why didn't he just pull over? I mean, just so much stupid stuff. It's it's like, yeah, the guy's out there. He's in the playoffs. He hasn't got a championship. And he's out there dominating a race. So he's going to pretend there's a vibration yeah. and uh, and come in, you know. And, and guys. correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Darlington is a bad racetrack to have a wheel come off. Any uh, race is a bad racetrack to have a wheel come off. Well, so, wouldn't you think the Darlington would be one of the top ones? You no. know, you're probably thinking super speedways um, and, uh, you know, mile and a half tracks. Uh, those are kind of weird. I, I feel like I've, ta- I've heard about this before. The Darlington, if you have an issue and you fly into the wall, it is a hard, hard hit because of the high speeds and sharp corners. Well, the speeds aren't as high there as they are at Texas, Kansas, any of those tracks. Um, they've got the safer barrier. You know, all that stuff's in place. So, no, it's – I don't think it's any harder. You know, probably the hardest track um, when you get into a shorter-style track is uh, Dover. Mm-hmm. The hits there are just incredible because the speed is so high because, you know, you got such bank corners. You know, that's Bristol on steroids. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, no, it, uh, you know, there was definitely something wrong. He ain't, he's not going to pull over if, you know, everything's fine. Yeah. He felt a vibration. He's figuring I'm going to get in here and I'm going to get it fixed and then we'll go race some more. We still got basically a half a race left. You know, he had a lot of time, but. There were so many cars lapped down. He never, never got a lucky dog. So he never got to get that lap back. If he could have got that lap back, you know, he'd, uh, he'd have definitely finished in the top five. Yeah. Uh, Truex Jr. Walked into the playoffs with, uh, I believe the uh, points lead. Or am I just uh, crazy? Did we have that conversation? Was, and I got it wrong then too. No, he was tied with William Byron. Yep. There we go. Thank you. Uh, finished 18th. What happened with uh, with uh, Truex finishing 18th? Uh, he was never in the race. Yeah, it doesn't look like he finished in the top 10 in either of the stages. Yeah, no, he was just kind of off all night, which was really weird because um, you had his teammates that uh, uh, Bell and Hamlin, you know, started the race up front. Um, so I don't know how he was so far off. You know, obviously, I don't know, maybe he missed the, or his crew chief missed the, the team meeting or something like that. Or the, But, yeah, he was just way out to lunch. Um, Ty Gibbs was, was, wasn't was really competitive. Uh, Bubba had some issues, but was a top 10 car most of the night. Yeah. Um, he spun all by himself coming to the checkers out of four on the, uh, to end the first stage. Didn't hit anything, you know, didn't get touched, but, you know, but he got into pit road and made it up. Uh, Harvick just got one of them, you know, that's racing BS kind of deals. He was heading towards pit road. He'd been running second and everybody that came in to pit road was leapfrogging people. Yeah. 
And so he come in and was going to come in and pit. And as he had basically got down on the flat and was coming to the pit, I want to say it was Newman spun. And he was already committed. He was five foot from the line with the cone when the red came on on pit road. Yeah. Oh, um, so he had nowhere to go. Like, nowhere to go. He, he couldn't the, car behind him. the car behind him was going to go ahead and pit, but he had enough room to go on around. Okay. Harvick had nowhere to go. He was going to go across that line and inside the cone no matter what. And the way I understand it, because I thought, well, he can just keep going. And everybody was surprised that he was stopping and still taking his pit stop. But uh, there were conflicting reports or things I saw on Facebook today that said it didn't matter. Once he crossed that cone and made the commitment to pit road, he wasn't dodging or anything like that. You know, he wasn't uh, forced down pit road by the accident, by the spinning car. Yeah. So he didn't have the option of just driving through. He just got screwed, you yeah. know, but it wasn't anybody's fault. It's kind of the way the rule reads and no, it happens. Uh, look, not like Tyler Drukey this weekend. Um, Bubba Wallace, bad points day for him. Only 30 points despite finishing seventh. Same thing with Ross Chastain, only 32 points despite finishing fifth. Uh, no stage points for either of those drivers. And uh, they're feeling it as Bubba is currently uh, 14th, so he's one of the four cars looking to get uh, that are in the elimination bubble, along with Harvick, Stenhouse Jr., and McDowell. Uh, but McDowell Larson ends up... McDowell got collected in an accident that was none of his doing. Okay. I know nowhere to go type of deal. That's what got him in trouble. Uh, Larson ends up getting the win, so he has punched his ticket into the round of 12. He is locked into the round of 12, uh, currently one point behind William Byron. Byron is your points leader, still with five wins, two, 2,075 points, and Larson's got 2,074. So uh, then it's Reddick, Busher, and Hamlin, your top five. Truex dropped to sixth with his uh, his bad day. And then uh, Bush, Keselowski, Blaney, Chastain, Logano, and Bell. Bell in 12th, uh, two points ahead of Harvick. I'm going to have to look at the points. That's I think uh, JC's got something a little wrong there. They say Harvick is in 13th with 2,029 points, and Bubba Wallace is in 14th with 2,030 points. I think he's got those mixed. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's got a a glitch there somewhere. So Bubba Wallace actually sitting 13th, 2,030 points, and Harvick sitting uh, 14th with 2,029 points. Um, it's really tight with, with those top three. I, I think McDowell really is in a spot. He's only, I mean, he's 15, 20 points out of the uh, 12th position. So he's got some points to make up, but 13th, 14th, and 15th, they're all just a couple of points out. And you would kind of expect that one race in to the round. Well, exactly. You're going to have four guys out of that round at 12 after one race, you know, points wise. Yeah. But, uh, you know, nobody's in an insurmountable spot for two races. Post-race inspection is complete, and the Southern 500 is official. Kyle Larson was locked in as the winner. The 42 and the 54 were headed back to NASCAR R&D Center for further inspection. The only other news I've got is what we're going to talk about with with, uh, Bob Simon on Thursday's show, the Cyclone Classic from uh, Shelby County Speedway. 
this coming Friday and Saturday, the 8th and 9th, featuring 410 sprint cars and race saver sprint cars. Uh, Dirk, if you don't have anything else, let's wrap it up, and uh, we'll talk to Bob Simon on Thursday. Sounds like a plan. Go gargle with some uh, salt water or drink some ginger ale with honey or something. I am going to eat some of our honey and have a nice glass of whiskey tonight. <laughs> How did I know that was going to be involved <laughs> in there? I'm at least predictable, if anything. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. All right, guys, have a great week. Uh, we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Once again, we'll talk with Bob Simon from Shelby County Speedway. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been The Front Stretch, presented by Joe's Carding. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Carding. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube.